0: This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. Let's
1: go. 5-06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months he was all alone
0: hey what's up everybody championship leadership and today we got ryan hawk he's the uh the host of the learning leader show that's his podcast and then he's also got a book coming out anywhere and anywhere you can imagine getting getting a copy of his book it's going to be there welcome to management how to grow from top performer to excellent leader that'll be coming out january 28th so just around the corner that's exciting and uh just excited to have you so thanks ryan for taking some time today
2: i appreciate you having me nate excited to be here man Absolutely.
0: Um, So let's hop right into it. I love asking this question first. What the name of my podcast, Championship Leadership. So what comes to mind for you or or what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that?
2: Uh, I think of uh, people actually. So specific people in my life. Um, first is my mom and dad, I think have been my past, present and future model for great leadership. Uh, and certainly for a loving relationship, which is the most important thing in my life is the relationship I have with my wife. Um, because we are modeling the proper behavior for our children. So that's what I think of first. Second, I would say that the, the, the leaders specifically who have had an impact on my life, uh, uh outside of my parents, I remember two specific football coaches I had in high school as a, skinny little freshman uh, getting called up to play on the varsity team and and help our team uh, win some games as the quarterback of the team Bob Gregg and Ron Allery are champion leaders in my mind and and, and certainly got more out of me uh, than I ever thought I was capable of and I think that's what um, championship level leaders do is they're willing to willing and able to push and get more production out of you than you even thought possible and lift you to levels of performance that uh previously you have never been to and so i loved and i love and look to surround myself uh from people like them uh that i've been fortunate to have in my life and uh and so really then make the most of the good luck that i've been given which is to be surrounded by great parents as well as uh great coaches and certainly some of the bosses i've had along the way have have done that for me as well
0: yeah hey uh I love that. That's, that's, uh, you know, I, we always, I always hear a different answer to this question and, and, uh, it's just fun to hear all of these different definitions. You you bring up football. Are are you any relation to AJ Hawk? He's my uh, brother. He <laughs> is. All right. So I had no idea, but I just put two and two together there with the last name and, and football. And I'm a, I'm from Wisconsin originally. So I'm a pack. Oh, fan, cool. So
2: nice. Very cool. Yep. Way, uh, we spent a lot of time in Wisconsin, nine really good years. Yeah uh in Wisconsin going to going to games as well as um just spending time there in general I can imagine
0: yeah um talk to me a little bit about the book and your path to you know this this uh this journey that you're on that's brought you to the the learning leader show you're 300 plus episodes in so I mean dedication like commitment that those are all characteristics I think of inside of great leaders of course and and uh just experience learning along the way adapting and continuing to change and update and then into this book like what's the genesis of that with this path and in the in the journey that you've been on
2: yeah, so I, I vividly remember the moment when I was promoted from individual contributor to manager for the first time early in my career, 26, going on 27 years old. And I, I didn't fully appreciate and understand what it meant to now be a person who had direct reports reporting to them uh, to be a boss of, of, of people on an organizational chart. And so uh, when I thought about what would the topic be in my first book, it would be I I, I, want to write the book that I wish I had when I got initially promoted. And so that's why it's welcome to management because we have welcome to management moments all the time. When you get that first promotion, it's the biggest leap in your career. And so that that's an important area for me to focus on. There are unfortunately a number of bosses out there who are overwhelmed. They're put in sink or swim situations and they sink, they struggle. And I think it's a lot of, a lot of times it's because they don't have enough support or training or guidance or any type of manual to help them. I did a lot of informal, informal research uh, leading up to this book. And uh, even, even managers at fantastic companies throughout the world, were not properly trained when they made that initial leap. And so my book is, is my effort to fill that gap to help create great bosses at the very beginning of their leadership career until before it's too late. And, uh, so that's why I decided to focus for this first one on that specific area. And there is a lot there. So it's a combination of my experiences as a football player, my experiences in the corporate world, as well as then what I've learned through the course of, from great mentors in real life, as well as the mentors I've been fortunate to speak with on my podcast, the learning leader show over the past five years. So all of that put into one, and now it's in the form of a, of a book that's coming out soon uh, to be read or listened to. Um, by people for uh, all over the world
0: yeah, thank you and what where did the learning leadership come from what like uh, what made you start that process and start that journey?
2: Well, my favorite my favorite leaders in my life, the ones who I found to be most effective, uh, were ones who were on this journey of constantly striving to improve and expand their knowledge base. So they were regularly learning. So learning and leader came together because I love learning leaders. I love leaders who are putting putting themselves in positions to get better on a daily basis. So that's the 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 genesis of the name uh if you'd like i can share the story about why i started a podcast but that's a little bit longer story so i'm not sure how you want to steer the ship here
0: yeah p- please please do uh, you know i think we love hearing the stories in the background of like yeah why you, why you started it and and what got you to where you are today
2: yeah so i was um uh, i got my mba after i got done playing football uh when i was where'd working you, where'd I'm you play playing. I played football at Ohio University and then I played uh, in the Arena Football League after college. Okay. Um and so and then I a- afterwards uh, I got my MBA. It took me six years, um, and my company was was giving me uh, $5,250 a year, which is what most uh, corporate America companies give for educational reimbursement every year. Yeah. Uh, and so once I finished getting my MBA, I thought I should go back to school because it was a waste to not use that money, as I had been doing for the six previous years, getting my MBA while working full-time. And uh, so I looked at applying for a Ph.D., um, programs across the country to look at what, uh, how to, how to, you know, continue my learning. At the same time, I happened to have a dinner set up with um, Todd Wagner. Todd Wagner is Mark Cuban's business partner. Um, they started broadcast.com together and eventually yeah. sold it. And they both, both, um, made billions from that sale. And, and Mark went on to buy the Mavericks and, and, uh, be on Shark Tank and, and Todd went on to more philanthropic areas of life mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I had a dinner set up with him, and I, I and 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 we both got to dinner early. we were at a hotel, and I was fortunate enough to to learn from him one on one for about forty five minutes about the details of starting the business and the tough moments they went through. All ultimately up until when they sat across from the leaders at Yahoo and uh, sold it for five point seven billion. And I just loved the, I love learning and the one on one deep, long-form conversation style as opposed to the classroom style where I just earned my MBA. So instead of getting my PhD, I decided to create my own form of leadership PhD program, do it in the form of a podcast so that I would create some sort of platform that may attract people to want to come and talk to me, these high-level successful Mm -hmm. leaders who are busy, create a platform to, to facilitate those conversations. And in addition to that, if it went well, I could other people could learn along with me. And uh, so I learned a lot about podcasting. I was a podcast fan listening to Joe Rogan and others for, for yeah. years. Yeah. And, and, and so that's when I decided to, to launch my show. And so I recorded a number of episodes and then launched about five years ago, 350 episodes plus, and here we are. And it's led to a lot yeah. of real, a lot of really cool relationships and opportunities because of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, talk about some of the things, you know, as a championship leadership, obviously, um, you know, leadership is near and dear to me in my heart, in my life. And I've come across many different great leaders, whether it was through football, like yourself or the military, and just all the other experiences that I've had. And then now, as a result of the show is just getting to meet people like yourself that are great championship leaders and in, in all walks of life as well. So maybe you could talk and share just a little bit about, you know, some of the things that you've taken away from the amazing people and leaders that you've you've learned
2: uh, or had had an opportunity to have on the show. So some of the things I've learned from them or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much time do we have? Well, I
0: mean, yeah, yeah, I know there's a lot, right? But maybe yeah. some, com- yeah. what I'm finding is there, there's a lot of common themes, right? Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. So I don't know, maybe it's sad that or maybe whatever. Is yeah. Possible.
2: So I think some of the commonalities I've picked up over the years, um, I, I guess I'll go with two right now is that what, what I found is that the, the leaders who are sustaining excellence over an extended period of time are one, incredibly thoughtful about what they do on a regular basis, what they read, who they surround themselves with, uh, their boss, their business partners, their clients. Uh, they're very thoughtful about that. They're also reflective in that regard where they'll, take a, they'll, they'll, they'll regularly take moments to reflect and understand on what they've learned, on what they've done, on the people in their life. In addition to that, you take it a step further, they are incredibly intentional with their behavior based on being reflective and thoughtful. So they don't haphazardly just wander about life. They are intentional with their actions and the decisions that they make each and every day. And that consistently done over time, being thoughtful and intentional leads them to increase their odds of sustaining excellence in whatever it is that they're doing. I interview people in all walks of life, CEOs, billion dollar companies, Navy SEALs, professional athletes, best-selling authors, uh, what have you. And I think that seems to be a commonality among the ones who are sustaining excellence.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you touched on learning leaders is the name of your show and leaders that you, great leaders that you know are constantly learning. And in my mind goes again, the football is like, you think of the, the best of the best as far as coaches go, like Nick Saban or uh, Bill Belichick comes to mind, right? These, these are guys that at the top, at the pinnacle of their level, continue to find a way to almost make it look easy. And you know that it's not easy, and you have personal experience through that, right, through your brother playing professionally in the NFL and and just how hard it is and the elite level of all the coaches there, yet there's these there's this handful of people out there that they have this incredible vision. They're always learning from others. They're, they never think that they have it all figured out, and they're constantly growing and expanding. And also I think they're able to see something that others aren't able to see, and, and not just that, but they're also – Willing to go and to execute on that quickly and to be a little bit unique, or maybe a lot of bit unique at times. Um, what's what's the vision for you uh inside of what you got going on and what you're doing? You got the book, you got the podcast. Yeah, where are you going in the next five years?
2: Uh, I don't know necessarily the next five years. I think five years is a long time. I would have never been able to predict what happened over the past five years. I would say, though, what I have found to be something that's come up regularly is people are searching and seeking out community of others who are growth oriented in their mindset. And so that's been a big, a pleasant surprise to me as I as I've developed what we call a learning leader circles. Uh, And within these leadership circles, they're essentially paid mastermind groups where we meet on a regular basis. And at the beginning of, of, of doing this, um, I would have never envisioned that that would be part of my business, but it is now a significant part of my business. In addition to regular, um, you know, speaking on stage about 40 to 50 times a year and now hosting and leading multiple leadership circles. Those are the two core primary parts of what I do on a daily basis in, in in addition to recording podcasts. Um, And so I think that, Uh, again, it's a pleasant surprise that people are seeking out community. They're seeking out others with a similar mindset to be around, not people just like them, but people with similar mindsets. And uh, perhaps they're not necessarily finding this where they are from a working perspective. And so I try to be an avenue to help help connect people who have that mindset together. And that's been really gratifying and fun work.
0: Yeah, so... How did that? How did that come about for you? Was it literally just people reaching out to you? Was it? Was it just an idea through conversation that that it
2: um, came about? Or yeah, what was the process? Really, both actually. So, a com- combination of conversations with mentors and leaders in my life who have were kind of throwing ideas out at me. What if, you know, what if you started connecting people who were emailing you about the show, who were wanting more, who wanted to meet other people who were connecting with the show like they were. Um, so then we created programs and curriculum so that I could teach and facilitate that happening on a regular basis. We meet via zoom, just like you and I are here, uh, have those, have those conversations on a regular basis and then meet in person one time per year. And people fly in from all over the world, uh, as part of those meetings. And that, again, it's really cool to bring people together from all different perspectives, places in their lives, uh, positions, titles, companies, industries, uh, it, they're really, it's, um, industry and title agnostic. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's really more of how they think, uh, their mindset. Uh, Are they curious? Do they want to be around people like that? And if so, then, you know, we've, we've, we've created a space to help make that happen.
0: And is that something that you are, um, doing on your own is, you know, or do you have uh, some other partners, coaches, teams that that
2: help f- facilitate those? And yeah, so I've started started them uh, with certainly with support from uh, business partners who have been, been supported me and helped me as I left corporate America. Doug Meyer, one of them, and now I've hired a. Uh, a full time um, team member to work with me, Lizzie Merritt, who was a member of a previous uh, leadership circle who our relationship started just out of a cold email for four years ago of her being interested in the show and that's why I'm always an advocate for people if 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 you're listening to something or someone or if you're reading their work uh, reach out to them uh tell them that uh, you uh, that their work has helped you, uh, and tell them specifically why you never know what could happen. You never know what type of relationship you could be building. Um, so take that time to, to, to stop, uh, reflect, think, and then intentionally write, write an email or, or if you can find another way to get a hold of that person, do it. Uh, the people who are producing content like, like you and, and me are, uh, I think we feed off of that type of, um, behaviors of other people letting us know specifically how we've helped them. And that is certainly fuel for me to, to keep going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. What's, um, what's a turning point for you inside of your life? Like a, a critical moment where, you know, I think we all have these moments and maybe the, if there's one or two that just comes present to mind of you where it could have been very easy to go, maybe left, but at the fork in the road, you decided to go right, maybe the unpopular path, the road less traveled, that, that has you where you are today. But you know, had you not made that decision, or had the courage to do that, um, you could be very, very well could be in a, in a different place in life than you are right now. Is there a moment that comes to mind for you?
2: Sure. I um, originally out of high school, I went to Miami University. Um, again, I played quarterback in high school. I just so happened to be the exact same age and play the exact same position as Ben Roethlisberger, um, <laughs> so we decided to go to school uh, to the same school at the same time.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, and um, and so <laughs> we had, you know, it actually is, and uh, I yeah. can share why. So we had two two uh, really um, tough years competing on a daily basis and everything that we did. Uh, ultimately, you know, if anyone who watches football is listening, they, they know how that story ended, but Ben ultimately after two hard seasons uh, won that starting quarterback job at Miami and I was in a in a really tough position of deciding it, my, my coach offered me the ability to move to receiver and compete for a starting position there or be the backup quarterback behind Ben and play if he got hurt. And I did not like either of those options. And mm-hmm. so uh, I, I still, though, love the school and love my teammates. It's an incredible – it's one of the best places in the world to go to school. Beautiful campus, uh, beautiful people, great academics, everything about it. And I really did not want to leave. However, my priority list, number one, was being a S- Division One starting quarterback. And that was not going to happen at Miami unless Ben got hurt. And as we all know, prior to this year, Ben never gets hurt. Yeah, right. Um, and so – uh, I elected to transfer and go to Ohio University and then compete to, to, to be a st- the starting quarterback there. And um, I think that was a tougher choice. Um, I was very comfortable at Miami. Again, I love the people there. I did not want to leave them. I wanted to graduate from that school. Uh, and yet I left it because I realized there were more important things at that time in my life. And that was becoming um, the starting quarterback. And so with the help of my dad, my younger brother, my high school coach, I was able to transfer on scholarship and go to go to Ohio University and, and start there for a few years. So it's, um, it's, it's certainly the biggest turning point in my life because I've never been in that much. I've never been in as competitive as an environment as it was competing against the greatest athlete in the history of a school for two years. And, mm-hmm. and I say it's lucky because I don't know many people who have been in that position where they got to compete against the greatest athlete in the history of a school for two full years and test themselves against the best. Yeah, and right. that, that being in that competitive situation lifted me to levels that were really high and certainly stressful. But as I left college, um, it's made me better. I can draw from that experience of stress and of, uh, being, uh, of being side by side and sitting next to someone who's world-class at their craft every day for two years. Not many people get to do that. So I'm fortunate to be able to draw from that in everything that I do. And I think it certainly helped make me better in, in, in just about everything that I choose to do.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe talk a little bit more about that because, um, you know, sometimes I think we don't realize like the gifts and the lessons that we're really getting into l- much later down in life when we maybe mature a little bit, um, have more experience. But I guess there's maybe two questions. Number one, were you able to kind of recognize like the opportunity that was there, <clears throat> which I think might've been cha- challenging, especially being a young guy that wants to, just wants to play and wants, is competitive and wants to win the job. Um, because Ben Roethlisberger, wasn't Ben Roethlisberger yet, right? Um, and then also through that, like maybe what are some of the greater lessons that you, that you really have taken from that experience, um, today that you do put into your
2: life? Well, I think sometimes what I learned is sometimes you can put everything you have into something and it still won't be enough. Yeah. That's that's life. That's life. So whenever you hear a child say like, that isn't fair. (laughs) Well, I mean, I could I guess I could say that, but that's just not reality. That's not the way the world works. And right. so it's it's good to learn that lesson in your formative years the hard way without your parents around. My parents were at home. I was in college. Yeah. On a daily basis, I couldn't cry to them. Um, that wasn't going to do me any good. And so I was forced to to deal with losing and rejection and kind of the realization, you know, ha- have you ever like given everything you've had and yet the other person? In this case, because I was competing to be the the starting quarterback and there's only one can play, Mm -hmm. you give everything you've got yet you realize, oh my goodness, like him at 90% is better than me at 100. And that is a tough pill to swallow. And that's just the facts. And I didn't want to believe that I didn't want to think that was true. And I was in denial. And until coach uh, late great Terry Hepner sat us down and, and I remember on the sideline at the against University of Iowa, we were both we were rotating, we were playing, and both of us got banged up in that game and he sat us down and said, That's it, you know, Ben's the guy, Ryan, you you're gonna you're gonna be the backup and I can't afford to be playing both of you guys because you could both get hurt in the same game and then then we're on to our third stringer and that's not we're not gonna do that. And I remember, you know, like what a pivotal moment uh, in my life to think about like, oh my goodness, I, I, I just Uh, I I was crushed. And I, again, as a 19, 20 year old kid, what a great experience to go through now looking back to draw from as you, you, as tough moments arise because adversity will inevitably strike and it's all about how we choose to respond. And I was, I was left with a choice in that moment of how to respond, quit, Uh, just kind of chill out like a lot of backup quarterbacks do or say, I'm going to figure this out. And, uh, again, with the help of a good support group, family and and coaches, I was able to, to make a change and, uh, and, and learn from it and, and, and then achieve my goal of being a division one starting quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What, um,
0: that is important right to have that Mm -hmm. right team around Mm -hmm. you in in those moments because we probably both know from college similar guys and similar situations where they did lose that job and and there's a handful of times i can think of where the guy did quit he left the team because he was mad and upset and i'm sure it's something that he looks back on you know to this day with with some regret um yeah the importance of just uh surrounding yourself with the right people, put the right people on the team, figure out like what their strengths are get them in the right position so that you can all, you know, win that championship.
2: Yeah. Uh, I completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. What's, um,
0: what are one or two things that you could leave with the listeners here that they could take and really just put into their life, uh, implement today to help move themselves forward. Maybe, you know, some guiding principles that you live by.
2: I I think, uh, you know, what I've gathered over doing so many interviews with people is is that some of the the most impressive leaders have built frameworks for how they uh, live and how they make decisions. And uh, I I thought of a framework for me to live and make decisions based on what I've learned. And really, it's four parts. And this is this is like what equates to a good day. And so I think if I'm somebody listening, maybe you think of how could I create this for myself, but really, on a daily basis, I want to first have uh, I want to be a consumer of useful information be very particular about what I read what I watch who I talk to so I want to consume that's my intake engine second I think it's important to not just be a learner but to be a doer so experiment with what you've learned put some of those learnings into play into practice Um, third I think we need to take a step back and reflect and analyze what we've learned and what we've experimented with to see what works, what we should continue to do, and then what we should stop doing. And then fourth, and, and very important, um, my in my case, the best form of learning has been putting it into action. So it's been doing. So what are you actually doing in order to make it happen? And so f- f- for me, just thinking about that has been very Helpful um, uh, when it comes to 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 leading and having a framework for making decisions.
0: Yeah, thank you. That's something that uh, you can definitely take and, and put into play for um, for yourself as you're listening to this as well uh, right now. And, and I can't can't agree more to continue to grow and expand and consume knowledge, but just not consuming it right. Like doing something about it, implementing it, and, and putting it into play. Like and not waiting around. So thank you so much. Um, for sharing that. What are, what are a few ways that we can find more about you with with the Learning Leader Show, as well as the book that you got coming out here in January,
2: end of January? Absolutely. Uh, Learningleader.com. Everything is there, as well as if you're listening on your phone, you can text learners to 44222 and texting learners to 44222 will get you in contact with me directly and you can get, uh, get information on everything. And it's pretty quick and easy. Great.
0: Appreciate it. We'll get that linked up inside of the show notes as well. And, and again, I just thank you for taking some time out of your day to join us. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Nate. Thanks, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Bye. Let's,
1: let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone.